What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another edition of Superstar Scores here from the Smartout Moment Smack Talk podcast. I am Tony Mango, your host as always, joined as always by Robert E. Felice. Hello. And Callum Wiggins. Do we have your attention now? <laughs> Tell me when we're telling lies with these scores. <laughs> we are going to be doing something that is a uh, regular on this podcast recently, talking about CM Punk. He's had a lot of stuff revolving around him in recent months. And most recently, of course, he was released from his contract in AEW. And when people get fired or if they retire or if they pass away or if they are particularly really big in the scene and we haven't done a superstar scores for them yet, it's really a good time to look on the back, uh, look back on their career and, kind of assess the damage, um, so to speak. And Punk is somebody that we could have done a while ago, back before he made his return to wrestling, and I'm sure his score would have been positive more in some ways and more negative in some other ways if we had done this at different eras. But nevertheless, we are doing it now, September 6th, and with the firing from AEW fresh in our minds, who knows if the scores get adjusted in the future with something pro or con. But what we are doing is the normal setup here. If you are not familiar with Superstar scores and you've not checked out the previous 34 or so editions that we've done, what we do is we rank whoever the particular superstar is that we are talking about on a 0 to 10 scale in 10 different categories. Each one of those categories is broken up where it's a group of two as like a, an umbrella category type thing. So we will explain how those work as we go along. And we also want to know what your scores are. So while we go ahead and we give our scores, tell us what you ended up giving him in your comments below on YouTube. If you are over there on YouTube, make sure that you click on the like button, double check that you are subscribed to the channel. If you want to toss a little spare change our way, you got the little thanks button. You also have the join button which will give you access to the subscription service there on the YouTube channel membership side. Dollar a month is great. Five bucks a month, even better. Ten bucks a month, you get access to the dark casts. If you want to make sure that we do some kind of particular thing, like you really miss out on the mock drafts, we haven't done that in a while, then you can sponsor that through a Pick Your Poison donation. And obviously, if you're listening to us outside of YouTube, there are the Patreon options that are exactly the same over on there. So if you go to patreon.com slash smartoutmoment, then you can sponsor something like another Superstar Scores. You know, we have got so many different people that are really high up in the like Mount Rushmore type category that we haven't gotten around to doing yet. Like John Cena was an option that we could have done this week, or we haven't done The Rock. We haven't done people on the negative side of things as well. People have asked us before to do Superstar Scores Chris Benoit just to see what we would get for him, or people that were obviously not as controversial, but they just weren't all that great in the ring, like Superstar Scores Mantar, maybe, or something. There are so many different options for different features and everything, and if you can birth something brand new, you can also do that too. Uh, I don't really want to see the footage of that, but at the same time, it's always an option to pick your poison in whatever fashion it is. So if you want to help out on that end, that's an option. You've got Redbubble and Public for the merchandise, if you want to pick up a t-shirt or something. But just listening to this and, uh, you know, giving us those comments, it's another great way to help out and it doesn't cost you a dime. So as we go along here, we are going to try to be as objective as possible when it comes to these scores. We always are, you know, I mean, obviously we have our preferences and we have our fandom that can come into factor for things like, you know, just giving a little bit of a boost if we're a big fan of them, where we can kind of be like, well, I don't really see what's so great about this or something. But I think we're relatively fair when we do these. And then we also debate and we kind of influence each other one way or another. Sometimes we can bump each other's scores up by a considerable margin. Sometimes it's, you know, hey, you forgot about this big thing that's a problem and ah, I got to dock a couple points. So we do have zero to 10 on 10 categories. 100 is the best possible score, and we haven't gotten anybody that had been particularly close to that range, although we've had people in that 90-type range 
And I believe that Undertaker is still our overall highest score for the, our combined average at like 90 point something or other. 90.67 is currently the Undertaker. So a couple 89 types, you know, a lot of people in that 60s, 70s, 80s range. Obviously some lower scores for the uh, the Steve Blackmans and the um, Buff Bagwells and stuff that are out there. So let's get into it and start talking about the specifics of the categories. The first two that we have are athleticism and psychology. Now these are lumped together for the in-ring skills and they're pretty self-explanatory, but obviously to break it down even more, athleticism are all the attributes that have to deal with them botching or performing a, a wide variety of moves. Do you like their finisher? Do you think that they are just, you know, tripping over their feet or are they very capable in the ring like that? Psychology is the storytelling aspect of that. Can they keep and match interesting going for a while and keep you hooked and really want to, you know, see that hot tag in a tag team match or can they sell an injury really well? Like, you know, Bret Hart is always one of my top people that I rank as far as psychology in the ring, for instance. What's he go first? What'd you give him for athleticism and psychology? Where's Phil going? I'll go first. I gave him an eight across the board. As did I actually. He's a very, you know, athletic competitor. I think people get confused. A lot of times with CM Punk, they think he did a lot of like flippy dippy kind of moves. And he's actually just a solid technical wrestler that can throw in a nice springboard when need be. And I think he helped really bridge the gap from the Triple H at Shawn Michaels era to the more, you know, spot paced stuff we see today. And I've always thought he was very solid in the ring. Uh, psychology, I gave him an eight. I could have gone higher, but ultimately I went with an eight. I think he's one of the few wrestlers who really understands psychology very well in today's day and age. I think anytime he, you know, cuts a promo or does a match, it's very, like, story-focused. And I really... I really enjoyed this aspect of CM Punk. And it was something that I thought he was really helping to bring to AEW. I went with a eight and a nine. So an eight for athleticism and nine for psychology. I went for an eight because I think that he, he mirrors a lot of the other people I've given an eight for athleticism to. And he had a quite... A quite a reasonably diverse in ring style, but you have like the high running knees and springboard clotheslines and uh, obviously GTS. And he had his um, the Anaconda device submission and was able to mix things up as well, especially when he got to AEW and was got to be a bit more free in what he would do as opposed to um, what he was doing. WWE was pretty much the same thing over and over again, but. He went to AEW and obviously in Ring of Honor, he brought the Pepsi pl plunge back, and that's a really cool move. So I think he, he drops down a little bit because he is prone to, I don't say prone to botching, but he does botch occasionally. And he, I think in the heat of a match, he does tend to like slip up a little bit. And like I think in, in, in a way, it makes the match more realistic because um, he's not just a very choreographed wrestler. He's not the most... Um, coordinated wrestler in the world but he knows what to do he knows where to be in the right moments um i gave him a nine for psychology because i think whatever he lacks in a little bit of coordination uh athletically he more than makes up for in his ability to tell a story in a match and beyond the fact of just being uh, having a very like old school mentality which helps uh distinguish him from others that have wrestled recently um, he's also very good at transitioning a match based on the crowd reaction. So he, he'll go in kind of knowing that, well, he's supposed to be the quote-unquote either babyface or heel, and then he'll hear what the crowd is saying or doing, and then he'll just pivot the match based on that, or he'll pivot the way that he behaves mm -hmm. in accordance with that. So 
I think that's something that not many wrestlers today know how to do or trained how to do because they are very much taught to be this is the spot and we're moving on to this spot straight after and it's very very for me like whereas i think punk is a guy that says oh let's go out let's feel what the audience is uh feeling and then we'll um and then we'll pivot around that so i think in that regard his psychology should go up it went up a little bit higher for me so i went with the double eights for a lot of the same reasons that you guys are saying like punk is not going around flipping or like uh you know ray mysterio in his prime type but at the same time that's not his style and not everybody has the same style he did do some moves that were not as standard as you know a, a body slam and a um a leg drop and whatever but he was able to pull it off for the most part up until he got all the ring rust and you know i haven't been the biggest fan of his in-ring work from aew as much as a lot of other people have i think that he's botched a lot more than even some people are willing to give uh you know credit towards and, and ding him for a little bit but he at least is somebody that i can depend on that he he should be able to get a good match out of almost anybody so not a nine or a ten on me but you know an eight is practically as good as you can get for the most part you know there's eight spots lower than that <laughs> so he's off to a pretty good start with this and i'm gonna continue that a little bit more with the charisma and character side of it on the mic work which the clarification of that for anybody that's confused about why there are two things for mic work charisma is their ability to cut the promo without stuttering and just to be entertaining in that aspect of just flat out speaking the words and the character side of it is their gimmick and their heel and face dynamics and their projection of who they are or who they're trying to portray as, you know, this pro wrestling character. I gave him a 10 for charisma and I gave him a seven for character. And it sounds like that's a big gap between them, but really CM Punk's character is guy. He doesn't have one of the more outlandish things. Like I've given tens to Undertaker and Kane and uh, you know, I gave a nine to Bray Wyatt and I gave a nine to uh, or no, I give a 10 to uh, to Mick Foley for his characters. And punk is pretty much just a guy. I do really like some of the character work that he's done with like the straight edge society. But then once that kind of got, diminished a little bit then he was just a guy that complained so i tossed around the eight for a little bit decided on the seven but for charisma on the mic he's a great talker he is one of those guys that just knows what he's doing doesn't tend to stumble around his words all that much cuts great promos when he's got the time to do a pipe bomb or to really sink his teeth into something so you can't get much better when it comes to cm punk on the mic I also gave him a 10 for charisma for everything that you just said. And really, I think, and, you know, not to steal his phrase, but I guess it's appropriate. Tell me what I'm telling lies. Uh, is he not one of the last wrestlers who can just talk fans to a building? I mean, it obviously didn't go the way we all thought it might, but he said counterfeit bucks. And the internet exploded. You know what I mean? Like, they could have never touched and done a, an amazing match with that. I think largely stuff he did with Joe was all promo-based. The stuff he did with Max, you know what I mean? Like, he really was talking fans into the building in AEW. And, of course, he was one of the few who could legitimately talk at a time where WWE was really 90% robots created and developmental. So I give him 10. And for uh, character, I gave him an 8. I understand everything you're saying, Tony, but I also think he has created such a force with the CM Punk persona that, like, there, there's a lot of hero worship around CM Punk because of how he carries himself, because of the 
arrogant yet helpful yet you know pissy character that he portrayed which might just be him who knows mm-hmm. but either way it definitely captivated an audience and he's gonna lead you to fans so i gave him an eight uh 10 for charisma of course punk gets 10 for charisma he is one of the most charismatic wrestlers of all time he has a cult following primarily in chicago but pretty much everywhere in the world you have people that like fall at this man's feet because of the words that he says like his his pure power is on the microphone and yeah he speaks real and he speaks in a way that isn't robotic or overdramatic or um like that hype man approach that people like and so there's nothing wrong with it like guys like hogan or warrior would do he is very more methodical in his approach but just the way that he speaks is very very um captivating he has kind of a a a charles manson quality to him but i think it gives him a little bit more gravitas towards people and helps them influence him that's why even with all the shit that's going down there's going to be people that uh will say that he never did anything wrong and that's the kind of uh character that he is Oh, you're uh, saying they drink the Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd say so. Um, I gave him a nine for character. Because I think that even though in more recent times his character has been who he is, and whether you like it or not, it is, it is very captivating. But I think that it was interesting about his character is that because he is so true to himself, he transitions from heel to baby face, back to heel, back to baby face. So... Um, fluidly based on who he's facing and what the situation is and his character was always um a was always accounted for that and has always been able to do it but then if we're judging him for his entire career you got straight edge society punk he was really like an excellent heel character and the way that 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 aspect of his character and the way that he had transitioned it from early on in his career being like this baby face thing of saying like i'm just straight edge and the only thing that fuels me is being in, the only drug I need is being inside a wrestling ring. He's able to then transition it to when you're facing a guy like Jeff Hardy and say, I'm straight edge, and that means that I'm better than you. And the way that you, yeah, and the way that you um, poison your body means that I'm like virtuous and people should be following me instead. And then, you know, he goes into his best in the world phase after that ill fated spell with the Nexus. And then, uh, yeah, and the best of the world thing, is, again, it starts off as a babyface thing. It's like people know how good he is and how good he talks and how good he is in the ring. And so they want to see that change. And then he transitions it to being the heel character under Paul Heyman of being, yeah, I'm the best in the world. And now I'm going to start, you know, acting like it and start um, picking on your favorites, start calling out The Rock and start calling out John Cena and all of this stuff. So I think that he has evolved as a character throughout his entire career and while still always maintaining an element of truth to himself and nothing has ever deviated too far from who he is as a person, which I think is still, is arguably as admirable, if not more admirable than a guy like The Undertaker who made a gimmick which probably never ever should have worked and made it work really well because he was just so good at it and evolved with it and changed with it. But he's a fucking uh, zombie. (laughs) He's He's a brought to life zombie. He's not real, whereas CM Punk is real but has changed his character in accordance with different aspects of his reality. Fair enough. I'm going to bump him up an extra point. You guys are making good arguments for that. So I'll do that as well. I'll uh, I'll bump him up to a nine on my end. So he's again doing pretty well. I'm sure a lot of people would have assumed that this was going to be the crap on CM Punk podcast, which isn't, you know, we're not coming out here with like an agenda. But if you think that this is the crap on CM Punk podcast, you have never listened to me speak. <laughs> and I, I don't know. What's that. Well, the next set of categories are the appearance side of it. Physique and entrance. Pretty self-explanatory overall. But sometimes people forget that like entrance includes even the pyro. You know, it's the full package of whether or not you like the music or if that works with their character, what do they do when they're going into the ring? Are they just the type of person that walks to the ring and that's it? Or do they do something fun with the crowd or, you know, 
does it make you just go like as immediately you hear the glass breaks for Steve Austin and that's a huge pop already or is it something where you're like who the hell's coming out oh, it's this person oh, okay well i'll wait a minute and then i'll look at my screen and physique is just you know their their body uh you know <laughs> it's part of the process you know you gotta you gotta look the part so punk has never had the most muscular or most intimidating physique or anything and for triple h to be able to cut a promo and call him skinny fat and all i gave him a seven uh but i gave him an eight for the entrance i'm potentially going to move that up to a nine i'm not going to give him a 10 i know that but i'm debating about the eight and a nine for that because the song cold personality is great the it's clobbering time things fun he does play up to the crowd when he's doing that stuff but i'm not quite sure i want to give him a nine for that yet and physique is just you know i mean pretty self-explanatory on that end so I'll go next. I actually gave him two sevens. I gave him a seven for physique because he's, you know, got a great physique for his shape, but it's not, he's not John Cena. He's not, you know, ultimate warrior, but he looks really good for his frame. Um, I also appreciate that he was never afraid to change his look. He was never afraid to like grow his hair out or, or shave it all off depending on the type of character he wanted to present. You know, I think he even said he had started slicking his hair back after his hair grew in because he wanted to be presented like a douchebag bad guy lawyer, which is funnier in hindsight than it was when he said it. Um, I'm a big fan of Buck. I only gave him a seven for entrance because I love the entrance, but it's still rather standard minus the occasional stage dive. (laughs) Sometimes that's a problem, though. (laughs) You know, I I think Cult of Personality is a great song. But at the end of the day, it's still just CM Punk. And after he does the It's Clobbering Time, there isn't much to the entrance. But you can't deny just hearing the opening notes to that song and people are you know, on their feet. So he does still have a, a great entrance. Uh, I'm giving him a seven for physique because I originally gave him a six because I don't think Punk's ever had like particularly incredible physique. He's got just like a pretty normal body type, obviously more muscular than most people, but still nothing in comparison to a lot of the people he was working with, especially in WWE. Um, but then I remembered that, and excuse me for being crass for a second, I'm pretty sure he's um, gone it on with pretty. He got it on with pretty much half the women's locker room in WWE. <laughs> <laughs> he, he notoriously I, I slept around that. quite a bit. Yeah, he uh, he checked a lot of boxes. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So they're clear, clearly maybe I'm not the right audience to be asking about like whether he has a good physique or not because clearly. I mean, again, it's, it's part of the charisma as well, and it's part of the charm, and he probably he clearly has a lot of confidence in himself and his capabilities, and obviously he's settled down now. But, but yeah, there was a time when pretty much everyone was getting a piece of CM Punk, so he clearly has <laughs> some sort of a swagger about him in that regard. Uh, I am known for the entrance. I think it's... Uh, yeah, I, 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 the cult personality is such a great song for him, and it really fits his you know, that cult leader mentality that he has and that uh, charisma that he presents and, like, the way that he's timed it all out and everything, the drop to the knees, the checking the watch, the clobbering time, the, like, posing the posing for the crowd on top of the corner, like, the way that he just holds them all in the palm of his hand. But, and then you just have to remember the, the two biggest entrances in his career to Money in Bank 2011, just... And that was still under uh, This Fire Burns, actually, which, again, is another great song. And, um, but yeah, just coming out to that, and then the, the crowd reaction he got there, and then uh, the first dance of uh, him coming on that second episode of Rampage and jumping into the crowd and all of that celebration. And, yeah, I just think that he's a master of holding the crowd in his hand, and in many ways that's the best part of an entrance is when the crowd is super engaged with anything you're doing. 
So even though it's not like particularly spectacular, he's never needed like big pyro or anything along those lines. But yeah, he as soon as he comes out, the crowd is paying attention from that moment on. I don't remember another instance that we've been talking about the physique that we've brought up uh, the amount of people that somebody's slept with backstage, but that might end up being something we have to factor into the future and be like, oh, that's good enough for that. Well, I just, I just want to give it to Punk because <laughs> Punk doesn't, like, again, it's just, just on my detective, like, Punk doesn't strike me as a particularly straight up attractive guy. He's like, he's fine. It's just like there's that. It's like that. It hasn't got that natural like. He's not the conventionally hunkish type or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, I know that there's like there are a lot of people that like that more, I guess, alternative thing. But I think it is just based that he has a ton of confidence in himself and can basically say, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I don't need to like, absolutely get shredded and anything like that. Like, I know that I'm like hot in his own way, and it clearly worked for him." So, as I say, that's, we only know, we only well, hear about the wrestling side of things. I'm sure he got plenty more outside of the people that he was actually <laughs> working with as well at that time. So, so yeah. But I, I mean, I, it's just, it's, just it, it's interesting for him because I don't think we've really talked about too many people that have had that kind of batting average, should we say. <laughs> there, there's definitely something to be said for self-confidence. Outside of Ric Flair, obviously. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> And punk is not lacking in self-confidence and uh, speaking to just people I know. Yeah. Bill Brooks does, you know, attract quite a few swoons as soon as he's in front of the camera. So <laughs> definitely worth. It's, it's like know. Jeff, like Jeff Hardy has that kind of appeal to him as well. Yeah. There are just certain guys that have that. And like, it's like, Jeff Hardy's never had like an absolutely incredible physique to him, but you know, I think it's just that, that maybe it's the hair, maybe it's the, maybe it's the hair as well. The hair. Well, see, the, but well. Punk goes against that because Punk can shave his hair, and people are still right there. So mm. it, it really does. I'm pretty sure uh, not many people were were interested in him when he had the mountain jobs. But other than that, uh, well, the people like Wolverine. <laughs> That's very much the physique thing. <laughs> I think. <laughs> oh, Wolverine's got that uh, that gruffness to him. Yeah, people like a bad boy. <laughs> Love seeing punk then. <laughs> <laughs> to people like a bad boy to an extent, but you know, Jean Grey goes home to uh, to Scott at the end of the Good day. Boy Scout. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they wanna they wanna bang the bad boy, but they wanna go home to the nice I one. Mean, and, yeah, even Lois Lane. Spent a few nights at Wayne Manor, but you know, <laughs> for people that are like, you're getting into this, man, you're you're gonna have uh, some interesting reactions to that Marvel versus DC Survivor Series thing. <laughs> Trust me. But here is the star of the Superstar Scores edition for this one: the behavior side of it, backstage professionalism, or lack thereof. <laughs> for certain people and public relations. So the backstage professionalism is focusing on the locker room and their ability to work within the company as a coworker of the other guys and the other girls that are there. And, you know, the problems that can come up with politicking or putting people over. If you're the type of person who never has a problem losing a match or, is helping people out in the ring. You know, there's a thing that I just came across earlier today about uh, Zelina Vega saying that like Bray Wyatt had gone out of his way to really like hype her up during her tryout match. And that ended up being one of the main reasons that she ended up getting the job originally from WWE was him specifically being like, like, let's go Thea. Like, yeah, you know, let's get a uh, chant going and all. That's a real positive for the backstage professionalism. The people that do things like, uh, it's not working for me, brother. That's more of the, the negatives. And then on the public relations side, that is when you take it outside of the locker room and you factor in things like charity work, talk shows that help promote the company in a positive way. Or on the negative side, people that get arrested a whole bunch or have 
substance abuse problems or have been fired for saying racist things or, you know, there's been all sorts of crazy stuff in the world of pro wrestling. So we've judged some of these people very, very high, like a, you know, a Cody Rhodes type doing really well on like the public relations side of it. We've had people very, very low, like the Alberta Del Rios who have lots of issues that are constantly getting in the way of them scoring higher. And this is where we got to start getting into some of the negatives because obviously the reason we're talking about this is because he was just fired from getting into a fight backstage where the head of the company said he feared for his life. Whether that's hyperbole or not, we don't know, but it's something you got to think about because how often does that happen? You know, nails went after Vince. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, too many instances of somebody attacking the owner of the company in one way or another. You glossed over the obvious and went for nails. (laughs) You skipped over Brett punching Brett in 97. Brett is one of the ones, but Brett, it seems from the stories that he was like, yeah, go ahead and punch me. I'm okay with you doing that. Rather than like, whoa, what the hell is this guy doing? You know, Uh, we still don't know what's true and what's not about this thing. So we do have to keep that in mind that, one source reports that monitors fell on Tony Khan. Another one says that that's completely ridiculous and it didn't happen. And then another source says it's kind of somewhere in the middle of that. And one way or another, he's gone from the company and other people aren't. And there have been two instances in the past year of a fight backstage. And that is after he had the situation with the lawsuit in WWE and his arguably top point in his career was the controversy over I am going to complain about the people that I'm working with and I want to leave. (laughs) Controversy is CM Punk. That might as well be what the C stands for. And at his highest, it probably would have been either right before the pipe bomb, before everybody knew the way that things were going on. Or maybe we would have given him higher scores when he came back to AEW and he was very much like, man, I can't wait to work here. This place seems great. I want to be a mentor to a guy like a Darby Allen. I want to work with Jungle Boy and the Young Bucks. (laughs) If you've got a problem with Jungle Boy, you're the problem. (laughs) Something he had said. Yeah, praising the young bucks. And then, you know, you fast forward a couple months and you got Hangman Page being like, I have to save the company from you. And then you've got, you know, Nick Houseman around the WrestleMania tour had asked Seth Rollins, oh, are you interested in CM Punk coming back? And he was like, no, Phil, stay away. You cancer and all. Look, he's not getting tens is what I'm going to say here. We could be swayed one way or another, of course. I currently have him at a three for backstage and a five for public relations. I also have him at a three and a five. Uh, yeah, I'll go three and five as well. Oh, look at that. We have, that's uh, the first one we have exactly the same scores on all around. Well, because, look, regardless of the he said, she said, the man, Tony Khan went on television and said he feared for his life. Um, there was a whole fight backstage last year where someone had their arm bitten. <laughs> Somebody got bit and the dog wasn't involved. <laughs> Let's put yeah, it that I mean, way. The, the, there was good boy Larry and then there was Ace the Biter. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, Punk, I gave him a three for backstage. And it sucks, too, because... There are clearly a lot of people that like him. It's just like there seems to be this real confrontational element to things. And I gave him a three because he's let go from the company solely because of his backstage behavior. Uh, five for public relations because while CM Punk is a bit of a prick, he is also the first to stand up for trans rights and LGBT, just the entire community. And he'll wear a shirt in Texas that says, you know, get your own. And then you can tell it what to do 
with the uterus on it because he's, you know, fighting against the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Like, he's clearly a, there's a good person <laughs> in there. It's just a good person that doesn't mesh well with other people. <laughs> it's a very good example of how you can agree with somebody in a lot of ways and then there's some issue that just makes you on the opposite side because there's even like the things that he's talked about in pro wrestling are like you can kind of agree with some of that like when he cut that pipe bomb and he was talking about like all these issues in wwe and people were like hell yeah man these things suck and then when you go back nowadays and you watch like a triple h promo where he's like oh, you aren't really interested in changing the business. You only want CM Punk on top. And if it's not you that it changes for, you don't want that change and you'll be a martyr otherwise. Then you're like, damn, Triple H is kind of right about that. And like, <laughs> Yeah, I think ultimately, like, at least for me, that makes the stuff all the more fun. Right? That like, there is truth do all of it and it makes those promos more fun to go back and watch and it but i definitely get the idea of yeah there you know i think you've said it a couple times if everybody you meet is an asshole maybe it's time to look in the mirror kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah everybody that you meet is an asshole then you have to consider yourself the asshole for sure and there are a lot of people that are pro CM Punk in the world of pro wrestling that are like, you know, the boys in the back and all, and not just, you know, the people who he punched a clock on when we were talking about the previous, uh, the physique side of it. But like, there are a lot of people that really fucking hate this guy and not a matter of just, well, we don't quite get along, but we can settle aside our differences. Like they do not like him. And Again, we're not backstage, so we don't know. But when you see reports that say, is WWE interested in CM Punk? And then a lot of the narrative tends to be, well, we asked and we were immediately met with lots of people do not want him to come here. Uh, you know, that, that speaks volumes. You don't hear people talking about that for, I don't know, say, uh, Even Brock, you know, somebody who you would think it would have some kind of controversy over him. And most people are like, yeah, Brock's, you know, Brock's not a people person, but we get along. Yeah, maybe yeah. like that part time schedule thing where you just show up, do your thing and disappear. Kind of works for some people. I decided on the back of like your conversations, I've actually upgraded his backstage to a four since then. Because, because um, yeah, you do have to accept the fact that there are a load of people behind the scenes that consider Punk a locker room leader, let alone just a guy that's cool to be around. I think, I think there's a lot of people in WWE as well that thought that of that of him as well because he was standing up for people, but standing up against the status quo of WWE, which is which is terrible if you are like running things behind the scenes. But it probably is very good motivation for people that are lowing down the card that a guy like him sees something in and wants to get behind that guy so in some ways that disruption is good because without that kind of disruption you there are certain people that you've always well we as fans look at and think oh i really hope that guy eventually gets a shot at something and they never do because they don't they're not going to be ones to stand up for themselves they're not one of those people that rocks the boat whereas punk will gladly rock the boat and as well, as Triple H pointed out, a lot of the time he's rocking the boat for himself, but he's also one to rock the boat for other people as well. And his time in AEW is very tumultuous, to say the least, in the regards of the people. he, The people that liked him seem to really like him and really respect him and like, were, like go, go, go to bat for him. The ones that didn't like him um, thought that he was killing the company from within. So it's like, it's it's so many different. There's so there's, it's like he's on 
two ends of the spectrum all the time. There's very little middle ground with him. The only people that have probably a middle perspective of punk are people that don't actually associate with him that much in the company. They're like, you know, passed him in the hallway occasionally yeah. and just like other than that, never actually spoke to him that much. And then they probably always be like, I eh, don't really have much to say about him. And the other ones say like, oh, I love um, Phil. He like he, he really gets this uh my perspective on wrestling and he's a cool guy and he's giving me a lot of advice and the other one say like i hate him i want him out of this company like like all that other stuff i mean the whole stuff with colt cabana is a big thing i don't know whether that really fits under backstage or pr but it's it's, it's a mix of both because it's like it obviously affects his relationship with people behind the scenes because colt is someone who is very very well liked behind the scenes and if he's got an issue with him then people inevitably have an issue with punk as well especially and how acrimonious the circumstances there um the breakdown of their relationship was you have like um the the pipe bomb uh podcast that he dropped which pretty much severed his ties with wwe for a little while at the very least and yeah brought up a load of stuff which is like you know in parts was bad on the company for what they did but also in in retrospect it's painted punk in a bit of a bad light as well um yeah all the stuff that he would go out and willingly say on um like media like press like junkets and stuff like that for AEW, where that the famous brawl out thing where he just basically buried cole cabana and buried hangman page and mjf and the the whole elite for stooging him out apparently and that all leading to the incident and then all the way up to what happened at Wembley Stadium like, a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, I think he is he's someone whose heart, I think, is often in the right place. And I think that he has a vision of wrestling that I, I personally very like, very much like. And I'm sad that it's gone because I think his approach to it has a lot of upside to it and it's a different form of it it was one of the things that not only his just presence on collision was important it was more just a case of the way that he viewed collision was a good way of distinguishing it from dynamite without it being like completely off the rails so yeah i'm gonna miss that insight and perspective because clearly he has a, he has a strong mind for the business but he clearly isn't a fan of compromise yeah, that's a big factor in there because there are people that don't like somebody like a Brian Danielson. You know, he and the Miz for it. That's a good example right there. Brian Danielson and the Miz do not like each other. But the two of them, if they are ever asked about each other, it's always like, yeah, we don't get along. In fact, we might even hate each other, but we've done business together with each other time and time again we bring out the best in each other and i respect the other guy and they don't get into like shouting matches where you threaten to you know choke the other person out or you actually go ahead and do it i think if punk of course i can't psychoanalyze the person you know too much or whatever but i get the impression that if punk could sort out whatever anger issues that get in the way that blind him from a compromise, he would have far less enemies and people would just look at him as a passionate guy who maybe they aren't going to get a beer with on a regular basis, but that they can work with him really well and they can find a way to find the same path. And then you had an issue like the jungle boy thing. And we've talked before about how like we all three of us think that the jungle boy thing is at least in part jungle boys problem too. But instead of being a locker room leader and approaching that situation in a better way, that's conducive to like finding a means for jungle boy to agree and to not, you know, do anything stupid or whatever. It ends up being, I'm going to fight you. That's not great. <laughs> now the the public relations side of it, the fives to me are on par with some of the other people that I'm going to bump up the backstage to four because of what you're talking about. Like there are people that are very much on his side, so you know. Um, I have also he, bumped up the backstage to four. He's he's polarizing, but he does have a lot more negatives overall than positives. So that's why I'm going lower than the the middle of the road thing. But the fives on the public relations. 
he's not somebody who has gotten arrested for domestic abuse or something. So I can't go like, you know, he's a one or something, but he creates controversy that reflects poorly on the company. The all out stuff from last year made AEW look so bad and it's made Tony Khan look bad ever since then. If that interview didn't happen and the whole controversy over punk was his injuries and the uh, page said something that upset him and it was having a backstage thing or whatever, we wouldn't really know any more of that. But if that press conference just doesn't happen and the backstage fight afterward or whatever, AEW does not spend an entire year plus trying to justify that they can keep a tighter ship. So that really hurt the company's perspective from that end. And it's only gotten worse with this one more recently because now people are, you know, how many people are on podcasts saying Tony Khan's got no spine or, uh, you know, he, he being Tony Khan, uh, it's just playing around with his action figures and he just wants to be one of the boys. So he's never going to actually do anything that's going to make them upset. And then of course now he actually did fire punk, but even that then gets criticism from people being like, Oh, you're going to get rid of the guy who's got the best uh, ratings, the best merchandise. So it's like, it's a no end situation and it's all revolving around punk. I can't imagine giving him a six or like the higher scores, but we do have popularity and credibility as well to round this out. The crowd reaction side of it, you can't deny punk is popular. And that is a huge factor for just like the cheers and the booze and all that, the ratings. We don't know exactly how the ratings are going to reflect having him not on collision, but at least for this week, there's been a drop off. So if the drop-off continues next week, then we know that a good portion of that's probably people don't want to tune in unless CM Punk is going to be in there. And the credibility side of it is more on the kayfabe judgment of whether they are a main eventer, a legend, or a jobber. You know, can they go out there and win a world title and you can buy into it and not think that it's a fluke? Or are they the type of person who only ever shows up on television because they're going to get their ass kicked and they didn't even get an entrance? You know, judge the difference between a Roman Reigns and the company for WWE right now versus the way that they use Akira Tozawa. Or, you know, if we go into the AEW side of things, Serpentico is not getting the highest credibility score compared to, say, Kenny Omega. (laughs) I went with an eight for popularity and a seven for credibility. I could be swayed one way or another. So after this conversation that we've had, I bumped him up on several categories throughout this entire discussion. But given everything that we've said, I had to bump his popularity up to a 10. This is one of the, it's weird because he's very, he's a 10 in the sense that he's a modern 10 in the wrestling is its own niche. And some people happen to know CM Punk outside of it as well. But I mean, when you just look at how insane this man breathes and it becomes like, well, what did that breath mean? We're now we're now going to analyze his breathing pattern. Because what does he say? You know, like CM Punk is an insanely popular individual and he's well liked by many. He's hated by many but even that in its own way is like a 10 on the popularity scale because he evokes such strong emotions on either end so i've given him a 10 for popularity for credibility i've given him a nine because at the end of the day it's it's funny because he said this 12 years ago as part of the original pipe bomb where he said that he'd grabbed so many brass rings People forget, before the pipe bomb, he was already like a three-time world champion. He'd already worked Hunter, Sean, Taker, you know, the Hardy Edge. or Like, he'd already been in that level. And then the absence of those stars and the pipe bomb catapulted him to the next level to where he was, like, 
the number two credible guy on the full-time roster right behind Gon. And then you go to AEW, and he brought a level of credibility to that company where they sold out the United Center on a rumor. A very poorly kept rumor, but they sold out the United Center on a rumor that he was going to be there. They got to Wembley. They got, I'm not saying it was entirely punk, but I think a good chunk of it was. You know, they advanced greatly because of him. I've got to give him a nine. There, you plop him in the Royal Rumble in January, and he instantly becomes a favorite to go to WrestleMania and beat Roman Reigns. I'm not saying it's what he's going to do, but I'm right. saying that, like, you plopped him back in AEW today. He's the real world champion. If you, you know, Impact should release half their roster to pay the money to get, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he, he is that guy. He, he is. And it's if you don't get it, it's largely because of a generational gap. But when you see what he draws, it's insane. I give him a ten out of nine. Yeah, I mean, I originally had him as two nines, but I think Rob's right. I think from a modern perspective, there is nobody that is a. I'd, I'd argue outside of John Cena, there isn't anybody that's a bigger name in fresh wrestling today than CM Punk. And that stems from him being like a big star in WWE and never really presented as the biggest star, even when he was WWE champion for over 400 days. Like he was never ever considered to be the, the biggest star in the company because Cena was actively working at that point in time. He still had guys like The Undertaker and Triple H showing up. But then he leaves, and essentially every WWE show for the next six years or so is pretty much peppered with a large amount of CM Punk chants. Like, he's almost more famous when he's no longer wrestling in, in a lot of wrestling fans' eyes than when he was wrestling. Like, they hijack the show because of him being around and them constantly having to quell it. That probably would It probably would have not happened if WWE was any good during the years that CM Punk was <laughs> away from the company. But... Uh, that's just the situation it was in. And then he comes back, and as Rob says, he, there's very few people that just on their name alone can sell out large stadiums and arenas. And again, Wembley wasn't sold out on Punk alone, but he's a big part of that. And yeah, I think he was a, a huge needle mover for AEW. I mean, we talk about we talk about just before we got on the air, that, that, that on that collision show where he was fired prior to it when tony Khan announced he'd been fired on the start of the show they dropped nearly a hundred thousand viewers and it's like you look at that and you you feel the impact of okay that's a guy that actually in a world of wrestling where there are very very few needle movers nowadays obviously Cena is back but he's just very much very very part-time at this point but you're looking at Roman, Sasha, before she got uh, before she left the company. I think she got fired. She left, left the company. Um, MJF. There are very like there's only like a handful of people that really, when they come on, people tune in, and then when they're off the screen, they leave in their droves. And Punk was one of those guys. And yeah, so from a modern context. I think he's a very solid 10. Like, obviously, he's not a 10 that, like, Austin was a 10, but it's a different time in wrestling. And for the current time in wrestling, he is a 10. You convinced me to bump him up to a 9. I'm not quite going mm. to 10. No, that's fine. <laughs> and then and then 9 for credibility, like to say, multiple-time world champion in multiple different promotions, two-time two AEW champion, multiple-time WWE champion, held it, for, held it for the longest time of the modern era until Roman Reigns came along. Um... Never main event at WrestleMania, but he did appear on like, well, did open the, well, the the main card for the the biggest wrestling show ever in terms of attendance. Um, yeah, I think that he he always strikes me as a guy that's yeah. When you put him on any promotion now moving forward, if he ever does return to wrestling and he's like the biggest star there, outside of maybe a couple of exceptions in WWE, but. Yeah, I think his credibility is one of the highest there is right now, again, from a modern perspective. So now let's crunch those numbers. And remember, this is out of a 
if you could possibly score 10 across the board and get a perfect score, which nobody is ever going to get. But my total comes out to now with some adjustments, 75. After some pretty heavy adjustments, I gave him an 80. Yes, I'm. It was like I think we started on this, and he was on like the low seventies for me. Well, low to mid seventies for me, and now he's up to eighty. Because yeah, cause despite all that backstage drama, Punk is kind of a one of a kind wrestler. And oh, that right. mathematically makes our average seventy eight point thirty three, which puts him around the Bray Wyatt range, around the. Goldberg, he's a little bit above Goldberg. Uh, let's see, he's a, around Rowdy Roddy Piper, which I'm sure he would like. He's around uh, higher than, but relatively close to his wife, AJ Lee, who was in that 70s range. Lower than a McFoley, lower than a Brock Lesnar, by not too many points. They were in the, the 80, like 80 point something or other range. Which again, a lot of people are going to be like, you know, nitpicking a lot of like, uh, how come he's got a 78 point whatever, but Piper's got a 76.0 or something, you know, hey, look, these are all passing scores. (laughs) We're not giving CM Punk a 33 or something. And these can always be adjusted because, Mm -hmm. you know, Shawn Michaels, at least for me, has a backstage score of a six. That's all because he was able to come back and have a clearer head right granted punk is a little older but you never know um i i do want to commend the discussion here because i don't know if there's ever been a moment where it was like you came into it thinking one thing and you kind of leave going yeah even with all this shit surrounding his name he's too good to ignore so credit to us for just, I guess, just the discussion, because I almost wasn't on this one. You guys were almost going to record it yesterday, and I'm glad I was because it really changed a lot of scores and a lot of perspective. I'm looking at uh, some trends here. I'm noticing on almost every single one of these, Rob has the highest score <laughs> out of everybody <laughs> like the by a point or something like higher score for ray higher score for ronda higher score for batista rick flair austin uh you got the highest for wyatt the highest for kane the highest for big show <laughs> i don't think that there's a single one of them that you're not the highest on i'm still trying to find one um no okay so you don't have the highest for ryback Callum and I have a higher score than you for Ryback. So, well, God, I think that just made me a better person. Right there, uh, that's a score that we would adjust. Uh, we would get rid of some of those public relations and backstage uh, things if we were to do Ryback right now. But, you know, uh, in the future, we might do another one of those adjustment rounds. Yeah, because uh, Paige, like Paige has some things that she's gotten better at and she's gotten worse at some other things probably compared to what we had done but god i'm looking at uh, daniel bryan and i see some nines that could probably be bumped up to a 10 i mean you know i got some i got a lot of nines for brian it seems it seems yeah, like that's I'm, his go-to uh, i'm looking at brian i'm seeing some scores that could be bumped up so we'll i'm sure we'll go through it again one day yeah and i mean obviously our perception of even the middle of the road five score changes quite a bit too. Cause we hadn't done a whole lot of fives originally and then it becomes more like, yeah, you know, if that is supposed to be average, then we need to give more average physiques to certain people and you know, whatever. But I think a commendable 78.33 is a very good score, especially considering we're doing it immediately following a huge controversy where, Look, a lot of people these days in particular are very much, if something's not a 10, it's a zero. You have to do the extremes all the time, and it's incredibly frustrating. You know, if you didn't love that and think that it was the best that's ever happened, then clearly you hate it. 
I'm sure a lot of other people out there, if they were going to do their superstar scores, they would be giving him a one for backstage and a zero for public relations and going all, you know, super crazy like that. Or they're very, very pro CM Punk and they would be like, there's never been anybody better with athleticism. There's never been somebody better on the mic. There's never been any better popularity score. You know, they, I'm giving them a 12 out of 10, you know, for everything. So I am curious to see what your scores are. If you have anything around our range or if you're higher or lower for certain things, make the arguments, you know, keep the discussion going. Let us know what you're thinking. And we have plenty of other people that we could do with the superstar scores, even just from the current setup. Like uh, if we had a, had like a really slow set of weeks, we would have potentially done superstar scores, Lacey Evans, because she has gone from the company. I actually did my superstar scores for anybody that's wondering. She didn't score as high as punk, but I already did one for Trish Stratus in case she's done. I adjusted my John Cena score for whenever we do that. So keep in mind the pick of poison. If you want us to get around to doing those sooner rather than later, you can sponsor it. Or if you just really are a big fan of somebody and you want us to go back and talk about Superstar scores, uh, Razor Ramon, we haven't done. Or Superstar scores, Doug Williams. <laughs> I don't know. Why would Doug Williams be the first one I would think of? Jesus. It was the last time Doug Williams was brought up in a conversation. <laughs> anyway, CM Punk Superstar scores in the books. Make sure that you are following us all over the place. That's Mark Out Moment. And staying tuned to the next things that are happening, which we've got a couple of blanks, we, uh, blank weeks coming up. So we could get around doing more of these things. We were thinking about doing a what if as well in certain ways. So maybe we do the what if John Cena would have been fired in 2002 discussion. Uh, the wrestlers in the wrong era discussion was something we were thinking about doing. And we could also bump up the annual WWE and AEW roster tier lists for anybody that's really a big fan of that. Nothing says we have to do that in October. We could do that in September. So let us know what you'd rather have for the next episode for the main event, at least for that, because we know that the hot tags are coming up for this week. we got a dark cast we're going to do at some point over the course of September. If you have any suggestions for that as well, let us know. And if you are following us on Smart Cut Moment and everything, then you should follow other things under the mango tree. You can find that all under amangotree.com. There is a link hub with all the different accounts including the Fanboys Anonymous content that's over there. Go to fanboysanonymous.com. Check out the Facebook and Twitter, the Patreon, and the YouTube channel for that. If you are a John Cena fan and you want more content related to him, there are the most two recent fan tracks on Fanboys are John Cena and Jackie Chan movies, which Rob pointed out last night. And there might be another John Cena movie coming up uh, pretty soon with Vacation Friends too. Maybe we'll end up doing that. Find that all on fanboysanonymous.com. Find all the different accounts on anthonymango.com for the Linktree stuff. Follow me at Tony Mango. Follow Robin Callum. First of all, Ninja Turtles, after sleeping on it, was a really fun movie. And go check out that fan tracks. And I'm going to watch it again. Great movie. Um, Have that. Follow me everywhere at Dude Felice. Check out my work on Fightful. I wrote an article about meat, which I'm just <laughs> very proud of. And uh, check out my work on WrestleZone and DudeFleece.com for ever coming soon. Callum? You can find me on Twitter at Wigmeister14. You can check out the Power Rankings every Saturday. I run SmartCamMoment.com where I rank the WWE Superstars based on their performances in the previous week. So this one will be based on primarily on the exploits of payback so make sure you tune into that to see who's done particularly well and then you can also find on smart moment and the wwfantasyleague.com the fantasy league where our teams have been updated somewhat since uh, payback following the uh, the uh, prediction contest which i was victorious in i have since uh, reclaimed dominic mysterio to my <laughs> team after he was uh, so rudely ripped away from me in the uh, previous edition <laughs> Uh, so I have, yeah, so taking him back, uh, Tony has added Jay Uso to his team. In the meantime, he's also, uh, traded out both Cora Jade for John Cena and traded, uh, Gable Stevenson, which seems like the most, uh, 
most sensible thing anyone has ever done. So, uh, <laughs> even though he's apparently now pulled out of the um, the world uh, championship, right. so maybe so maybe he'll be back soon. But um, and traded him out for Jamie Uso, so he has now has both Usos. And John Cena, who I did not anticipate would end up being on my no. team at this point this year, but hey, it's going to be around for the next couple of weeks. So I'm hoping for switching him out around the uh, time that he's going to leave. <laughs> and Rob has added Butch to his team, considering the fact that he potentially could do pretty well in this um, NXT uh, Global Invita- Heritage Invitational. I mean, I'm picking him to win. I'm hoping he just wins the cup. Honestly, like. A good look for Butch or Pete Dunn. Maybe we can get back to Pete Dunn. He's a, at least a good option to challenge for it on the pay-per-view. I don't know if he'll win, but... Yeah, so uh, make sure that you are following us, as I said, on all those different platforms. Make sure that you are leaving your comments. And stay tuned to whatever it is that you click on next. Maybe you're clicking on one of the older episodes. Stay tuned to that. I don't know. But, uh, you know, whatever it might be, thank you for joining us. And we will see you then. This has been another Smart Out moment. And we are being counted out.